Hey everyone, I'm Mike Goldsworthy. Yeah, and I'm Blake Bryan, and we want to welcome you to the Tomorrowland Church podcast. Uh, we created this podcast to explore innovative ways transformational leaders are leading and reimagining the church for tomorrow. With that said, let's start the show. Well, again, welcome back to the Tomorrowland Church Podcast. It is so good to have you with us all. And um, and today we have got a great guest. We're going to be talking with Jared Wilkins, who is the lead pastor of Parkcrest Christian Church in Long Beach, California. And um, Jared recently took over Parkcrest. Uh, he's been the lead pastor there just for maybe like nine months or so. And it's his first time sort of leading and uh, Blake, as we as we get ready for this interview, I was kind of curious to hear about some of your early leadership times, like when you first started leading. Do you, can you think back to a time like when you were maybe a kid or a high schooler or college student when like somebody first entrusted some kind of leadership to you? Do you, do you remember any of that? I'm still waiting for that opportunity, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I saw that uh, pretty early on. Obviously, it just in my life, um, even like junior high, high school uh, time frame. And it's something that um, I've tried to, to pursue um, and develop because it's one thing to get uh, people passionate about something, but it's another thing to really make sure that, you know, that there's a vision out in front of them, that it's sustainable, that that I'm equipping people, you know, what I mean, towards that vision, yeah. um, that I'm I'm we're growing people um, that we haven't left people behind in that process, because that can be the, 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 the downside of that. As you leave people behind, it's either you follow, you don't, <laughs> you know, you know yeah, what I mean? So let me ask you this. Was there a, was there a time early on for you where you like did something? So did you ever like, did you start a business as a kid? Did you have a lemonade stand. Did you do like, did you do some sort of entrepreneurial thing? Did you like rally people towards some cause and you started realizing like, oh, I have a lot of ability to do this naturally? Yeah, I was, um, as a, as a kid, I was always looking for ways, um, to, I was probably entrepreneurial, if you yeah. will. So I was always looking for, for business ideas or things that I could do as a kid, um, you know, that would give me an opportunity um, to, to earn some money. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it, I, I don't know. It, it was an ability to, um, be passionate about something, but better articulate what we could accomplish. And I think that's where maybe people started to, to, to follow my leadership. Yeah. I, I love that. And I love, um, what we're going to get to hear from, from Jared today is from somebody who is, has been developing leadership over the years in different spaces, but for the first time is in a position where he is the the leader at the um, at the top of the organization, I guess, for lack of a better way of saying it. But he ha he bears the weight of that and is learning to lead in that and learning to deal with having the kind of like natural leadership responsibilities and giftings that you're describing here, where people will just naturally follow him. And to go with him places, and what does it look like to steward that kind of leadership well? So um, I'm really excited for us to get to hear from Jared. So let's go ahead and shoot on over to that interview. Let's do it.
Well, we are excited to have today with us Jared Wilkins. Jared is uh, now the lead pastor at Parkcrest Christian Church, which is fun because it's actually the church that um, that I used to be a part of and was on staff at for 19 years and used to lead uh, before I entered into this new season. But before that, Jared uh, was on staff at Willow Creek, as well as several other like really great churches. He has his master's degree from Duke Divinity. And, um, and we're just really excited to have you with us on the podcast. So welcome, Jared. Glad to be here. You made me sound better than I actually am. So I, I just need to have you just introduce me everywhere I go. I love it. <laughs> I should. And one of the things you, uh, that I like starkly noticed, you and I took a picture together that I had posted online at some point, and you were like four feet taller than me and like significantly stronger than me, which is one of the things that you and Blake have in common is that you both like actually work out. And I like to talk about working out. <laughs> I didn't know that. Jared, do you work out? So I actually I've been doing better over the quarantine than I had yeah. been, um, all up until this month. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do. So I, I like Ray. I did this, a local gym around here. They do some OCR stuff. So I just tried some different things and I just like challenging myself. So it's fun. That's awesome, man. Well, it shows people can't see it on the podcast, but it see shows. It, man. Just... Yeah. To see you next to, to Mike. I mean, there is a, a stark <laughs> difference uh, in build. Uh... Felt like Saul, man. He's just head and shoulders above him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I gained the quarantine or the COVID nineteen while while Jared actually like has self discipline. Um, or four so, kids, and I just need to have some time to myself. So yeah. that's true. That's good. Amen to that. <laughs> well, um, Jared, I would love to get into some of this with you, and we we wanted to start by asking you because you have come from before you came to Parkcrest, you were at a bunch of great churches. You're on staff with several different like large churches, great churches, and you're in some significant roles in those churches. Um, but now for the first time, you're leading a church. And so as we think about, like, we want to talk about the future of the church, Tomorrowland, where things are going. But before we get into some of that sort of stuff, I just kind of wanted to, to pick your brain a little bit to hear from you about, like, what are the differences that you've noticed and now you're in that chair that you wouldn't have realized until, until like, you sat in that seat? What's been What's been different for you and has it been difficult to, to shift into a space of dreaming where you now have all this responsibility in a different kind of way than you did before? Yeah, that is an excellent question. I like to paint it this way. Uh, I think I was a much better parent before I had kids because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had an idea of exactly what I would do until you're in the seat and you actually have to make the decisions. Uh, I think one difference, I I was more trigger happy, might not be a best word, before I was leading because I didn't quite understand the weight of the responsibility hmm. before, of, of the decisions. You know, so I would I would oftentimes, you know, push back, you know, with some of my leaders and say, well, just make the decision, just make the decision without actually encompassing the weight of the decision the true cost of the decision. And so like, if anybody's listening who used to lead me, I apologize, you know, right now. <laughs> um, first of all, because it, it is a different seat because uh, it, it's not a better seat or a worse seat. It's just, you're thinking about different things. Um, when I was running a ministry department, you know, as, but not looking at it from the whole visionary's perspective, uh, I, I will say that has been, hum uh, not humiliating, humbling is probably a, a best word is that. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I I am not as quick to make a decision. Now, I do have to, you know, set my own timeline and say, all right, Jared, by this date, you need to make a decision. But I'm just asking myself more questions as opposed to giving more answers. And so, yeah, uh, yeah. So so you're noticing the the weight of the whole organization in a way that you didn't before. Right. Right. So has that do you feel like before you stepped into that, that it was like, I have all these ideas on what the church should do and where the church should go. And now it's like, oh man, like, well, how does that affect the budget? And how will that affect these other programs? And who's going to, who's going to send me angry letters? Like, has it, has that like weight sat with you? Has it made it harder so, to dream? So it hasn't made it harder to dream, which is great. great. I, I, I'm a seven on the Enneagram and I'm always looking for the energy. So, so it hasn't stopped that. What it does force me to do is think through, okay, how do we actually get there? So there, there's some great ideas, whether it's around, you know, hey, shared leadership, reconciliation, all that kind of stuff. But like, how do you actually move a congregation from point A to point B um, when there are differing views, when there are differing you know, values that you're carrying? Uh, how do you teach it and move it forward in a way with with all the different parties? Because there's there's a board that you're convincing, there's staff that you're convincing, as well as a congregation. And each one of the messaging is, is it's while it's the same, the way you share it is different. Uh, and so I think. Uh, so, so those things have probably been more not stopping me from dreaming, but more maybe I misjudge how quickly we'll get there. But hmm. I'm still confident that we will be able to get there. So it's it's the ability to not get discouraged in those moments uh, and really recognize like, all right, this is this is where we are, um, and this is where we're going to go. What are the barriers? And so I think thinking more about that from multiple levels uh, as opposed to just my own area. It's 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 difficult, but like I said, I'm a seven. I'm a dreamer. Uh, I want to. Uh, I always. I, I sometimes <laughs> might be bad. I, I over not overcompensate. What's the word? Uh, I over imagine what I can actually accomplish. So there is. Yes, sure. <laughs> so I think that dream part of me gets me excited, but the reality is, okay, it might take two years as opposed to two months, and I'm and being okay with that. So. Sure, and I and I've got to imagine with some of the messes that Mike left oh, uh, behind man, him that it's probably taking a little bit longer than you anticipated. Man. Um, that's a that's a four part podcast right there, man. So just, just let me know. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, you know, one of one of the things that we're asking people as part of the, the Tomorrowland podcast is what are some of the things that they are doing? What are some of the the intentional rhythms or disciplines that leaders are putting in place to think about the future of the churches uh, they lead? And so we just love to get your thoughts uh, on that. I will tell you, I had a healthy rhythm before COVID. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. I, you know, it was strictly all meetings were Monday and Tuesday and then Wednesday and Thursday. Um, I had a couple, but it was I would dream. I would take Wednesday and it's, we're just going to dream a little bit. I'm going to write down, um, throw some stuff on the wall, uh, getting some other individuals who are both inside the organization and outside of the organization um, to really just kind of speak. And man, this is who we could become if X happened. Uh, I think with. COVID, man, a lot of this. I'm learning, to be candid, I haven't fully figured out the COVID rhythm uh, in terms of both dreaming and executing. Um, So I've I've been able to do a little bit, but I I would not say I'm an expert in that season. I don't want to be an expert because hopefully we'll get through something uh, to where there's some sense of normalcy. While we'll never return back to where we were, uh, that there can be some kind of rhythm of, of, of dreaming again. And so I think now, uh, yeah, I took a took some time off, which was helpful, just to uh, my family and I went to we went to Nevada, um, and just really recognizing the importance of just changing environments. Mm-hmm. Like, so all my kids were still there, all four of them. We were in a house 
Um, house that had a pool. So it was 108 degrees. So we're literally going to the house of the pool, house of the pool. But just the change of environment for four days reinvigorated me. Oh, that's uh, good. So it's being able to, one, know that everything arise, everything isn't rising and falling on me. Well, yes, my leadership, but not on me personally. And this is what I mean. If I have to be there 365 days a year, then, then, then it's not my leadership. It's actually my personality or my presence. So just getting like the, 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 the cadence of getting away. And so even me, I'm having a conversation with my board about what does that look like in this season of being able to find, as opposed to maybe one month where I would have a study month to get away. What is it like to have four separate, four separate weeks, uh, a quarter, you know, not four weeks, a quarter. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, (laughs) That's what I, that's what I had when I was there. I don't know what, I don't know what you're getting. I got to get that memo, man. Where's that, where's that policy? Let me find that. Uh, but but is it a rhythm of now? Let me get away for one week and then put some vacation on top of that too, so that I can you know kind of stretch it out to, to ten days and then come back reinvigorated for the quarter. Go away for a quarter and come re- and that's where this where I'm, I'm figuring that out right now and it felt good. Um, so like I said, get away with my family in Nevada. No, you know, left my phone. Well, didn't leave my phone. Left my computer. Left all the work books I wanted to read um, just for my soul. So I think it is that work and rest rhythm that in COVID has been extremely difficult. Yeah. Uh, I heard someone say, don't call it work from home, call it work never leaves. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's enough. what I'm wrestling now is, is how do I draw those boundaries so that I can be healthy? Because for me, this isn't a short game. Like this is a long game. I want to be here a long time. And if I burn myself out this first year because of COVID, I'm, gonna be, I'm not going to be useful or helpful to move the organization forward. Oh, that's Good. great. Um, can I ask you a question about those Wednesday, Thursday, like dream days? I like yeah. that. And so it sounds like you, you stack administrative stuff essentially yep. on a couple of days yep. to free you up to have the capacity to yep. not have to engage in administrative stuff to, mm-hmm. to let you think, dream, and bring in other people into that. Mm-hmm. Would you have uh, like a specific idea that it's like, hey, we need to process discipleship pathways or something mm-hmm. and we're going to spend the next month on Wednesdays doing that would it be mm-hmm. something like that or would it just kind of be like different every week or or even like are, were there themes or would it be like bring people in like what are you guys thinking about like let's just throw stuff up on the wall of just anything that you you're thinking about right now like how did that sort of practically work out that's good i think i think for me it was uh in one way i can do it better is i would bring more people into the process who were on the team okay um, so i think for me where i what i didn't do well in the dreaming process is bring some local team members i would bring a couple and then some outside folks and then just really me but me and my own mm-hmm. uh, so i think but i could still use that same framework to say hey like this this meeting here is we're just gonna sit together and like if god did x what would happen like if God did why, what would happen? And what are those things that'll get us over? So I think, um, and yeah, and I had it, I had it stacked, like you said, administratively and then kind of dreaming and sermon prep the last two days. Um, I would do it differently, you know, if I could tell myself again, just to, just to bring people who will have stake in the game as well. Um, but but it, it, it wasn't as um, organized, as you would say. Like, sure. I want to think about, like the, there were big picture things like racial reconciliation. Like to me, I know that is very important before everything happened. And so mm-hmm. I would spend some time on that. Uh, other times would be just leadership development. Like how do we, uh, uh, who are the, then, then another time would be like more, not people development, but people knowing like, 
who are the folks you know outside of staff who are going to move us forward and then what's the plan and then how do i meet them where do we go to lunch how can i hear their heart how can i share my heart so it was more of that than a and probably what i would do if i could tell myself to do it all over again dream one day for the month about what you what you feel needs to happen for the rest of the month and then work that dream out on the, on the following. I month. like that a lot. Oh, it's great. So it, then it gives me some, uh, it gives you some order to it. I wasn't very, I, I wasn't order, order in that. I was more, hi, here's what it is. Excited. I got to meet people. I'm new pastor, you know? All right. So I, I think I, w- I would have a, a more disciplined approach doing that again. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one of the things that we like to ask people, Jared, is um, we like to hear about the things that you're thinking about that you haven't yet implemented. It's like Mm -hmm. the ideas that like keep you up at night that you haven't tried yet. You may never end up trying. It may, it might not work or you might end up like bringing it to your team and the way that it looks six months from now, it it doesn't. But we would love to know like, what do you have anything? Do you have any thoughts that are like swirling around that it's like, I want to do this. I'm thinking about this. I'm going to try this. Mm-hmm. What are what are some of those it, things? It it is it, it's it's honestly around the, the conversation of reconciliation and what mm-hmm. that means specifically. I look at my area in Southern California, so it's uh, what's what's difficult now is people are trying to push me into a national conversation where I'm like, you know, my my stage isn't national. Like I'm I'm okay. Like my stage is here in the local church. So it's like, how do you actually one equip people to do this well? Um, because one. I know if it's all like, just look at Moses and Jethro, like Jethro's like, you're going to kill yourself if you do this. If I, in the strength of my own energy, want to try to push and carry this on my own, I'm going to fail or it's going to stop when I burn out. Um, So for me, it's like, how do I actually equip people to be emotionally intelligent enough in a way to talk about hard issues that, that that are hard and difficult, but if somebody walks away from it, they're walking away from the issue and not necessarily the way someone said it. So it's like, how do you how do you grow people who are emotionally intelligent (laughs) in a way? uh, How do you own your own perspective and desire? But then you can come into a conversation uh, and and not be blinded by that bias. And so it's it's that developing people like I I um, like Jesus. uh, Mark three, 14 was like, you know, that they would be with him. Like that's why. And then they'll send him out to preach the gospel. It's like this idea of the with. Like to, to to live life together, that you learn through the actions, not just the lecture. Um, that they're with them, then you send them. And so there, there's this idea for me is like, but how do I actually make that happen? Like because Jesus didn't have a, a spouse and kids. Like <laughs> Jesus yeah. didn't have the the. You know, he, he's not changing diapers, or his two year old didn't wake up at you know one a.m. crying, you know, for no reason. But I but these are like, how do I do that in the life that I'm living? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what does that look like? So in and I think even with within that, like Jesus, by doing that, he presented like the shared leadership model that was that was really shared, not this shared way where you switch the tables, you switch the seats around the table, but everybody really knows uh, this is just optics. But it's it's a real <laughs> like it's a real thing. So so it is how to do that. And, and I'll be real candid, like the spaces I've been in didn't really do that. Like it wasn't shared leadership. It was sure. very driven. And, and they, 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 they had. I guess you could call a measure of success with that. And I think there their challenges in that. Like, how, how do I like, yeah, what does it look like to have a, a church that is multi-ethnic and multi-generational, not just in the pews, but also in leadership? Um, you know, how do you I, how do you do that? Like there are there are spaces that I'm seeing that. And so for me, it's it's, it's those kind of ideas because I, it's beautiful. Like when I um, the, people see some other rep- representation and I get some really good comments, they're like, 
you know, I, I never realized I never saw myself on stage until I saw that. Like, mm-hmm. so for me, it's like, man, I got to, to be able to do that in a creative church that is also that does that, but isn't built around a personality like that. <laughs> like, like the market says personality, like make it happen. It's it, it is easier. But like, I, I really don't want to do that. Not because I'm just so humble, like because I'm I'm not like I'm, I'm OK, but there, there are moments where I'm not. And but but because that's sustainable. Like, I, I don't want to build it around my own personality and my own gifts, because then when I leave, it's 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 going to die. And so how, how do you do that? But like Jesus it's so funny, like look at Jesus's model, like he would not be hired at any church because one week he's preaching to five thousand and then he dies alone. Like, hey, you didn't grow your church like Jesus. Like, but, and he wasn't married. <laughs> um, <laughs> but his movement when he died exploded. Like, how? How do I do that? Like, obviously, I grew up Pentecostal, so the Holy Spirit is in there. And yes, <laughs> um, but there are some actual like practices that Jesus did. And I'm like, that's what's keeping me up, because if if I if I get hit by a bus, I, now I've been here a short time, so I, I could give myself grace in that. I bless a here a decade. I get hit by a bus and then it all falls apart. Shame on me. Hmm. Like Shame on me. Um, so that's what keeps me up at night. And then how do how do I actually create pathways how, how do i how do i extend grace when people tick me off <laughs> how, do I, how, do I, how do i love well how, how do i love well when people are underperforming when i come from spaces that like you don't like no you don't underperform and, and and that's what that's what really keeps me up because the reality is uh i've been in some great spaces and those spaces have shaped me and both the good and the bad and so how do I make sure like the, the bad isn't shown? Like not the bad isn't shown, the bad is eradicated. And that I can name the bad and then apologize when the bad comes out in a way that's meaningful, not that's just, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry you feel that way. No, that's a terrible apology. Um, but to really then like have enough humility to so I, I think all those it was I'm caught all over the place, but I'm a seven, like I said, so I get excited. Um, <laughs> and and how to do that? Because I think if I can do that, then man, like, th- then I think there's movement. Then then it's forward, where where it's not built around me, it's not built around a personality. It, it's really like it's really Christocentric, and like that that impacts like what I'm thinking of, like the number of times I teach per year, like you know the number of times that I'm that I'm up. So it's it's all those things, but I, I haven't seen a ton of models, so it, it's, it's just trying to figure that out. So. One of the things that I love, um, Jared, is just your self-awareness. Um, you, you know what I mean? As a, as a seven on the Enneagram, you know that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, people love you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard not to love people, mm-hmm. you know, when they're sevens on the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I wasn't blessed with that gift. Um, <laughs> but it would be very easy for somebody uh, with a seven to become the personality of the organization. It would be very easy, like you said. I mean, that's mm-hmm. right in your gift mix. Mm-hmm. So so one of the things uh, that, that I'd love to ask you is just how, how have you gotten this self-awareness, you know? what what who is surround how have you surrounded yourself with people to um to to let you know um that this is how you are and this is you know your tendencies or you know what i mean just what does that look like because i i'm just i I love it so i just want people to learn (laughs) i I think there are a couple things so one 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 was at willow so i will say um uh, there was an hr person on our team Uh, her name was tara she was just she was just phenomenal Mm. Um, being able to um, 
name the gifts and also name the challenges that come mm. with those gifts. Good. So having a person who can speak the truth to you in a way that it's like, hey, this is good and this will be hard if this is what you lean on. Um, to give a sports analogy, because I'm, you know, I grew up in North Carolina and ACC basketball is <laughs> like Jesus, ACC basketball. <laughs> and like, if you if you have a, a basketball player and they're great on offense, then you will always try to put them in offensive sets where they can succeed. Um, but but they never actually have to flex another muscle. Yeah. Um, like I, I was forced in that space to flex different muscles where where I realized like, oh, like. My personality, it's, it's big, it's gregarious, but it only goes so far. <laughs> you know, because when it is a church of, yeah, multiple thousands and, you know, tens of thousands and, and, and all of that, like, yeah, my per- like they like me on stage, but it's, I got to have more substance than that. Mm-hmm. And so for her to really be able to call that out in a good way, in a, in a way that was healthy, she's like, you know, like, you're not going to have a problem with people loving you, Jerry. Like, what you'll have a problem with is if you don't deliver. <laughs> no, that's good. If you don't deliver and people – then it then it adds this tension that, well, I like Jared, but I can't really trust him to deliver. So mm. I think just being aware of how our gifts are both a beauty, a blessing, and a burden yeah. um, in the long run. Um, and I will – the number one person, like my wife, Shauna, like she <laughs> – she does not hold her tongue. She grew up in New York City and they don't know how to hold their tongues. And and, and she will she will share like, ah, you're not all that. <laughs> and, and so I think, and, and I think, and so this is where like, you just have to come to grips with the fact that like, when people are saying things that don't feel good does not mean they're not true. Yeah. Um, and so I think just surrounding myself and, and with people like I said, those were probably too critical. My wife, obviously, we've been married. It'll be 12 years on August 30th. Um, or or if this comes out after October's this past August 30th. <laughs> um, like, we've been on that journey for a while. And then there are other people, like I said, have been able to say, hey, this is good. But if you don't build this part of yourself, like, you you, you, will, you, will, you can only be a face. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't want to be only a face. I didn't only yeah. want to be the talent. Um, you know, I wanted to be able to, to, to lead and you have to come to grips with the fact that, okay, I'm, I'm not good at that. Oh, that's great, man. I really appreciate that. That's good. Yeah. 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 That's really good. I'm, I'm noticing one of the themes that I'm hearing, um, you share about Jared is the, um, emotional health mm-hmm. of, of your team, of the church, of you, like that's what gives you the ability to move into new spaces. Mm-hmm. And so the ability to sort of like move forward in ways has a lot to do with who you're becoming and who mm-hmm. your church is becoming. Would that be, would that be a that's, uh, yeah. accurate? Yeah, that would be, that would be. Yeah. So that strikes me as really significant in terms of like, as we think about the church moving forward and we think about future things, it's not just about like, I need to do these programs or I need to figure out this online sort of engagement or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but you're going to do the right kinds of things if you're becoming the right kinds of people. Yes. Yes. There is a quote. Um, I can't remember if I wrote it on my Facebook, but so I can't remember if I made it up or if I read it from somewhere else. So don't, uh, it was don't probably from me. me. <laughs> it, it was, it, it's, who you are, who you're becoming is more important than what you do. Hmm. And like, so yeah, while the online engagement is extremely important from an X's and O, if my heart isn't right, I will engage online in a, in a terrible way. Hmm. Uh, so I think those like, 
uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's understanding like what are the practices that you're doing that are forming you like for for community that's why community matters that's why i had a good person ask me a question and i realized i realized that i'm lacking in that space uh they were like you know hey who are some other other, other pastors that you talk to on a regular basis and i was like man i'll be i'll be candid like i actually maybe a couple but not a lot and usually we're encouraging one another but having a space where where there can be a nathan who can like point and say like mm-hmm. hey you're that man like jared yeah that decision you made, like it, that wasn't what was best for the church. That was best for you. And just be able to name that. that yeah. Yeah. And so I think having those people that we, that I allow into my life is going to be important. I think that's been harder for me. Uh, Cause you know, my, my dad's a pastor. My dad's a loner. Like my dad. So like quick story with my dad, like he is, I love my dad. He's brilliant. Like, so he, he grew up a sharecropper. He was the only child. Uh, he was able to go from being a sharecropper to being, you know, he moved up north to work so he could send my, my grandmother money. He was a Swedish exchange student. He went to Yale. He went to Duke. So like, but so, but he he did it out of the strength of his talent. Like he hmm. he did it. And so like the beauty of it is like, man, like that, that if that's in him, that's in me. I think in the same side, the burden of it is he was a loner. Um, and, and so like he and I have a great relationship now. I think we had some challenges because we are alike <laughs> when we work together. Um, but now like we have a great, but he, he when I ask like, you know, who are the relationships that you have? Like they're tough to name. Uh, and so for me, I look at, I look at that and I'm like, man, like how can I do that differently? Mm. Uh, how can I do it? And, and really, cause a lot of times when pastors say, Oh yeah, I got these friends. Like they're not real friends. Like, yes, <laughs> they're your friends that you pay to preach at each other's churches, <laughs> and you guys pay good honorings back and forth. Like, you yeah, are I not know, supposed I, to let that secret out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, but I know Mike doesn't have any friends, so. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and there could be some, so I want to be. But like the reality is, like, who, who are the people who are who are in your life who will speak truth? Like I said, and, and, and I'll, I'll admit, I, I am searching for those. I have some that have have carried along the way because of the different places that we move, um, probably about three of them. Um, and when they ask me what's going on, like I will present my best self and a couple of my challenges. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, sure. and, and they don't see me live action. Like they, 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 like if I say, hey, this is a challenge I'm going, I'm giving them my perspective of what's happening. Uh, like Maybe I need to say, hey, call this guy. He works for me <laughs> or she works for me. See how I'm doing it that way. Like maybe that's the way I can invite them to see a different sure. picture. So, but but, the, but those relationships are so important. And like for me, if if I can't do that, like I, I really don't care if I win the race. If like there's nobody to race with in the end. So, mm. yeah. no, that's great. No, I, I I love that. And I just just from from my perspective, man, I just love your vulnerability. I, mm. I mean, just in real time. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean, as as we begun through uh, this podcast, hey, we'll do it. These aren't planned answers, so you're getting the rawness. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the rawness, man, and we're just so thankful uh, for your time mm-hmm. and uh, what you're doing for the kingdom, specifically over at uh, Parkcrest. And uh, man, we would love to have you back. So this this can only be a part one of a two part series. Right. So we'll definitely have you back. But uh, so we'll thank talk you so about much. what I'm cleaning up at Parkcrest. Let's the do next it. One. I, th- I think we really need to dive into that. Um, <laughs> But uh, really appreciate you, man. And thank you so much for, ta- for taking time. Yeah, yep. thanks, Jared. Thanks again. All right. Thank you. All right. Well, um, Blake, I really enjoyed uh, talking to Jared. And I know that was, that was your first time getting to meet him. What were some of your impressions? What did you walk away with? 
Jared um, is fantastic. I, I love Jared, um, and I've only I've only known him for what thirty five minutes uh, max. Um, but man, he has just got an incredible uh, spirit and just personality to him. And um, one of the things that I was so impressed by um, is just his self awareness. So he he kept mentioning that he's a seven on the enneagram, and uh, sevens, man, they are they are they are people who love people, and people love them. And yeah. it's just not hard to connect with them at all. And uh, man, they can have all kinds of influence um, just via their personality. But what I loved about Jared was his self-awareness to understand that that is how God built him. But he realized in leading an organization that it wasn't enough, that that was certainly something that was a positive attribute about him. It was a strength. But he was willing enough to sit down with somebody and also understand the weaknesses that go with that personality. And I think that's just a, a, an incredible level, level of vulnerability that um, I love to see in leaders. It's something that I wish I was more of, is more vulnerable in the moment. And I think you hear throughout the podcast where he is just so crystal clear on saying, hey, yeah, I don't know that. Or, you, you know what I mean? This is what I know yeah. about myself. And here's kind of the issue that that... That, that could be a temptation given my personality. And I just, I really appreciate that. I think that's a message to all of us leaders is one, we need to get people around us that we can trust, but, but, but trust to be honest, not trust to be nice, but trust to be honest and do it in a loving way. Because I think, you know, we all have our blind spots as leaders. And the only way that we can grow is for somebody to illuminate those blind spots for us. And I can definitely tell that he's done that in his own life. It's very self-evident. And I think the other thing is just his vulnerability. Again, just being willing to surround himself uh, with people that will say things that may be uncomfortable. And just that idea of, um, you know, being emotionally healthy. That was something that you even brought up during that, you know, during the podcast is just this importance of being emotionally healthy. And I think he sees the importance of that and the priority for that for him and his team. Yeah. Yeah. And thinking about even that specifically through the lens of the Tomorrowland Church idea, he talked about like wanting to do this thing for the long haul and not only personally for the long haul, but setting it up that it's not something that crumbles when he's not a part of it. And without that self-awareness and without that vulnerability, you can easily build a church or an organization that crumbles when the leader's not there That's right. or that like has short-term gains. but spews out all sorts of unhealth in ways that isn't long-term sustainable. Um, yeah, no, I love that. I love that. I love that he he came to that crossroads, right? The crossroads is always, do I make this brand about the church or do I make the brand about myself? Mm -hmm. And I think there is a clear choice as to one to which one is more sustainable to for the organization and probably healthier for the long haul. Um, but it but it takes courage to make that decision. You know, it's not as easy as maybe everybody would contemplate that, that you know, because he is so naturally gifted in his personality. You, you know what I mean? That it would be sure. so easy for him just to to run in that direction. But for him to sit back and say, hey, look, I've got to do what's best for the church. And what's best for the church is to make sure that this is sustainable beyond me. And let me let me make some decisions towards that. end. I, I think just shows a lot of courage. Yeah. Yeah. So it's this it's this bigger, longer term vision. Um, at a really practical level, I really appreciated the idea of stacking sort of admin stuff on on two days a week. On Monday, Tuesday, I'm going to 
knock out emails, phone calls, meetings, all those things that I got to do. And Wednesday, Thursday creates this free space. And then I love the idea that he had that he said he hadn't implemented, but that he would like to do of um, having one day a month. That's a sort of like dream day. And that that day sets up what you're going to focus on and spend your energy on the rest of the month. And just like intentionally creating that space that allows for that. And whether that's, he talked about the idea of like needing to be change environments in order to reinvigorate. And so maybe even like that day happens at a different place. It's not in your office. It's going up to the mountains, to the beach, going to whatever, to, to some other sort of space. But, but in whatever way, creating a dream day once a month that sets up um, what you're going to focus on for the rest of the month. I thought that was, that was a really practical, helpful uh tidbit I thought yeah it it was and I wrote it down because it's something you know is as I'm leading as you're leading is something where we, we probably don't get as much force from the trees kind of perspective you know it's very easy to get inundated you know and and it's it's the the lesser important things that get in the way of the the, the bigger um the bigger things uh, that we're trying to accomplish as leaders um, the tyranny of the urgent, if you will. And so I wrote that down as something that actually I would love to implement in my, my monthly schedule is taking maybe the first business day of the month, taking all, all the calendar items off and just figuring out, okay, for, for this month, what am I trying to accomplish and how does that fit in the thing that I'm trying to accomplish 12 months from now? So, yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. And, um, I'm looking forward to, to playing Joe, giving me a dream day a month now. That's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm taking away from this podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you take as many dream days as you need to take. And uh, then we'll find somebody Three, else. 365 can... of them. <laughs> yeah. And we'll find somebody else to fulfill the. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, that probably brings us to the end of this podcast episode then. And uh, so. And your career with Plain Joe Studios. <laughs> It has been nice knowing you all. Uh, next week, it's going to be Blake with his new co-host. Um, but until then, the Tomorrowland Church podcast is, has been produced by Caleb Henry. Uh, hire him. You can connect with him at caleb.m.henry97 at gmail.com. Our music has been created and produced by Scott Moore. And you can connect with Scott at O-N-E-M-O-O-R-E, Scott, at gmail.com. If you want to talk to Blake, uh, because, you know, maybe you want to replace me, it's Blake at PlainJoeStudios.com. And as of this recording, but maybe not next week, you can get in touch with me at MikeG at PlainJoeStudios.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. We look forward to being with you next time on the Tomorrowland Church Podcast. Podcast.